This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM. The voice of Harlem. Thank you for the creepy ad-libs, Stanley. It's not creepy, it's lit. It's not lit. All right, guys, if you forgot or are just tuning in, my name is Selena Hill. I'm here with Stanley Fritz on the PC Ones and Twos, Jackie Cohen, and Alyssa Fuchs. And it is time for, dun 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 the Dreamer and Doer series. Again, this is an original series here at Let Your Voice Be Heard where we spotlight a young millennial who is doing phenomenal things in their lives, in the community, and in the world around them. And I'm very, very happy to introduce with us Paul Johnson Jr., a.k.a. PJ, a.k.a. PJ the Closer, who is oh. in the house with us with his entourage because that's how he rolls. <laughs> um, and, you know, fun fact, PJ actually went to school with Stanley and I, so shout out to SUNY All Westbury. Girls just won a basketball champion at Skyline Championship this year. Shout out mm-hmm. to All Westbury. Right. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yep. Yep. They're doing people. big things. And so since he graduated, um, I'll just give him a formal introduction. He has been making films. He's also a writer, director, an editor, a graphic designer, a layout publisher. And a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> and a motivational speaker slash life coach. No, I'm just kidding. He's also a visual artist, and he's the CEO of Rainy Day Films, LLC. Now, Rainy Day Films has actually produced four stage plays to date, a documentary, a number of commercials, music videos, short films, etc. The list just goes on and on and on. PJ, you're doing so now. much. So much. And the reason why we have him here, especially this week, is because next week, his new stage play called Doughboy will be premiering in right here in New York City in Brooklyn. And FYI, Stanley did help co-write the play. Yeah, right, I, Stanley? I put my signature at the back. <laughs> <laughs> So we're very happy to have you here, PJ. It's been a long time. It has. It I has. used to have PJ on my show when we were doing this at Old Westbury. Yeah. Like, we were fighting the power at How about college. the school lunch? Yes. Yeah, no, it was, it was important. No, breaking we, news. Someone just ate a hamburger, and now they're throwing up. That happened. That, true story, guys. True story, guys. So you have a lot going on. Yeah. Welcome to the show. But I want to start off talking about Doughboy. This is your new stage play that mm-hmm. you have coming mm-hmm. out. And it'll be out March 6th. March 6th, yep. So March that's 6th next Sunday. down at Amarachi Lounge in Brooklyn, uh, 7 p.m. Ticket link is up. Um, I'm actually here with the cast right here. The awesome. whole, the whole this cast. Is Doughboy. Have the, this what, is Doughboy. The star? Uh-huh. Okay. This is Alton. That's Doughboy over there. Okay. And that's the Rasta Pasta and uh, Dr. Kenneth uh, Washington. And then right here, we have uh, OG Briss in the building. Right. So what up, the- So the... <laughs> is here can you talk about so what is the concept behind Doughboy and what was your inspiration and then like how did Stanley get involved we'll talk about that too. yeah that's what I want to know how <laughs> did that happen? okay so 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 the in, the inspiration for Doughboy was um you know there's a whole lot going on and especially now um with the country where it is racially uh I just wanted to I wanted to give the perspective of a bunch of different angles, right? I wanted to give a perspective of an educated person. I wanted to give a perspective of, you know, your, your, your local neighborhood thug that has no hope for, for the world. And then you got, um, you know, people of power, people that are in power. Then you got your racists. Then you have, uh, we, we have a religion aspect in it. So this, it, it, it covers a lot. Um, I was inspired by the Doughboy character that is from the movie Boys in the Hood. And I, and I was saying to myself, I need to, I got, a, I got a lot to say. 
But, you know, I don't want it to just be my opinion on a lot of things. So uh, I had to call up Stanley and I, and I said, yo, Stan, look, this is what I want to talk about, but I don't really follow any politics like that. I'm not really into the politics. I feel like everything is staged anyway. So I need some facts. And I was like, well, look, this is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to talk about. And honestly, in three to four days later, he, he, he hit me with like seven, eight pages of work. I was like, awesome. So I guess the idea was to take that eight and turn it into 80. And and, oh, and we man. did that, yeah. So Doughboy was, <laughs> you know, Doughboy was born. When, when, when Doughboy over there actually got the first draft of the script, I think it was maybe like 24 pages. And I was just like, oh, don't worry. But he was like, damn, it's 24. This is kind of heavy. I said, oh, it's not even done yet. It's not even done yet. So by the time the script was actually finished, we, we hovered around 50-something, maybe 60 pages. Wow. And we thought the, we when we went through the first um, run-through, before we added all of that stuff, it, it turned out to be an hour. I only wanted the play to be an hour. And then now it's look we look like a, a two and a half hour show almost. Oh wow! Yeah. So Stanley, you helped write the play. Talk about that character um, that this 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 uh, play centers around. So Doughboy is his character. Like he's he's really just like a regular person coming from his neighborhood, and he's like just speaking about his point of view on the world, and he's giving commentary towards political and social things happening. But from, I guess from the point of view of somebody like I guess I would say Stanley Fritz when he was sixteen in Brownsville. Oh, wow. Giving. So when PJ asked me to give, like, some feedback, I remember I was talking to my boy, and then he said something to me. He's like, yo, you went to college, but college is $50,000 a year, and Bingus is a dollar. And I was like, oh, snaps, and I got to go. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, I tried to bring in that attitude, so I was just thinking about my friend um, who, like, who's a blood, who's still in Brooklyn, who's still putting in that work, so to speak, and I tried to write it, like, from his point of view and Stanley's point of view in 2002 when, like, I go outside and all I smell is gunpowder and see crackheads. Wow. So that's powerful. So what is the message that you're trying to de- deliver with this stage play? Right. Okay. So my my idea was to just get as extreme as possible, right? So we talked about OG Briss, who's the dude that's, that lives in the neighborhood that has no hope for the world, right? And that's, that's OG Briss right here. So I wanted to talk to the audience about his perspective and how he sees the world. Then we have the religious aspect. We have the Rasta, we have the Rasta pastor, right? And the Rasta I, pastor? Yeah. Okay. That's different. I hope Stanley right. didn't write that part. Oh, no, 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 no. no. That was... Uh, <laughs> oh, because you know we, Stanley, come let, on. They don't let Stanley anywhere near religion. Right. <laughs> don't let Stanley anywhere near religion. That's what I'm saying. But go ahead. So, um, so yeah, I, and, and he's an older guy, so I wanted to tell the world his story through his eyes right so that's two crazy extremes and then we have governor bill whiteside who's a racist politician from texas so i wanted to tell it from his side and then doughboy is caught somewhere in the middle of you know religion and politics and 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 you know being in california and compton you know and uh he's pretty much hopeless and he's looking for direction he's looking for direction so um he he's just going through all of these different things, talking to different people, trying to get advice, and his brother ends up getting killed. So wow. now he's back to square one. Can I jump in for one second? Because I can't wait for you guys to see the intro, which I think is so popping. It's like they're giving these presidential speeches, and that's all I'll say about it. But I remember sitting there like, this is like the this is like um, Kendrick Lamar's album right here. Like this uh, intro is so powerful. Wow, that's tough. Right. So what I I wanted to talk about some of the topics I was reading up on it. You addressed, like you said, religion, racism, sexism. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, so what, how do you address all of these topics and what way? And not you can't I know you can't give it away, but right, I want right, to right. know, like, how you address these things. Um, tickets are on sale at Doughboy. <laughs> 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 
address it with this cash, Lena, all right? Well, all right. Well, I mean, fair enough. You have to see the stage play in order to get all of this. Now, I wanted to talk about um, your company, yeah. Rainy Days Films, which you founded... 2008. Wow. So that was about eight years ago. Yeah. Um, so let, let's talk about what Rainy, uh, Rainy Days Films does as a media company and what even inspired you to go that entrepreneurial lane. Yeah. All right. So um, Rainy Days was founded in 2008. We started out doing plays, right? So we did... Uh, our first one in 2007, and then we was like, man, we got to incorporate, you know? And then we did it in 2008, got our paperwork right, did another one in 2009. And then from there, um, I did a documentary on my fraternity that was founded in 1911. And uh, from there, we just started rolling. So once people saw the documentary, it was just like, oh, man, I'm having a wedding coming up. Can you, you know, film my wedding? I'm having a baby shower. Uh, I need you to do pregnancy photos, which I think are weird, by the way. Sorry if I offended Yes. Pregnancy photos are so weird. No, right? they're not. All right, men. Whatever. <laughs> no, Beyonce I think, did them. I think they Beyonce are. Did I think so they're weird, cool. too. And I can't so wait weird. for my pregnancy hey, so photos. Are, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she can't wait for her pregnancy for other reasons. I can't wait. You're like standing on a beach with your hair blowing and, and, and holding the baby. Yeah, it's beautiful. Just say you like doing a cat daddy. Stanley, shut your mouth. Pregnancy is beautiful. It Pregnancy is. pictures are weird, man. I, I don't Some get. of them are weird. But yeah. but you know, so from there we just started doing um little promos for smaller companies, um thirty second film, uh two two and a half minute film, uh music videos for people that wanted to, you know, follow their own dreams. Um, short documentaries, promo material. Pregnancy promos? <laughs> uh, nah, uh-uh. Kids are expensive, man. <laughs> yeah. PSA. So, speaking... Right? Comedy sketches. All <laughs> College is expensive. No, it, it, it really is. What? Stanley? No, I just, I'm thinking my pregnancy promos are coming in nine months. Little J. Sean. <laughs> I can't Sorry. pregnancy promos. <laughs> that should be a thing. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't so mind having a, like, a promotion That's around my baby shower. Anyway, it's a big thing. It's something to be celebrated. <laughs> so, you know, speaking of rainy day films. Right, right, right. right. Um, so you have the company, and I want to talk about how you sort of um, are monetizing this mm. stage play. Like, you know, tickets are on sale. You can buy tickets. Are you doing CDs or, like, are, can yeah, people right, buy so, products around uh-huh, this? Uh-huh. All right, so the goal is 60 shows throughout the East wow. Coast. That's the goal. Um, the premiere, we will have, uh, we're going to have the t-shirts on sale and then we're working on the soundtrack too. So, um, the, all of the music is original. All of the, uh, the, the, the poetry, the, um, the sounds, all of these things are original. We are in the studio twice a week, slaving, getting this stuff together. Um, and we funded it just, you know, saving our little coins. That's it. You know, we do a flyer for somebody. Half goes to the company. Half goes to the person that made it. We do a commercial. We do a music video. We do anything for anybody. Half goes to Rainy Days. Half goes to us. Whatever, whatever. And then once we started to realize that we had enough to actually make a push, then, you know, we started um, just trying to connect dots to get things or, or, or should I say break deals with people where we didn't have to pay as much? You know what? That's so important to be business-minded when you're coming into different projects. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me as a creative, it was almost a struggle because sometimes you just want to create and you're mm-hmm. not thinking mm-hmm. about the resources you're pouring into it from your own yeah. pockets. Yeah. But if you figured out a way to, you know, get paid from your creative genius, mm-hmm. that's that's brilliant. No, yeah. Absolutely. And actually, that leads me into a question that I have for you. If, um, if you were to give advice to a young black man, young than yourself coming from a low-income neighborhood who doesn't have a lot of resources but has a lot of creativity what do you tell them about how to get involved in this industry how to follow their dream you know and play basketball <laughs> <laughs> or rap <laughs> uh how much time you got 
I mean, in brief, what would you what would you tell this fella? Um, in brief, uh, there was a there was a t- when Jay Z was on Twitter, he had said something real, really like profound to me, and he said, um, he said, don't listen to anybody. Everybody's afraid. So right. you know, it's real easy to quit. It's real easy to to what people get. What people do is they they put their they put obstacles in front of themselves, and it's really not there. You know, and they put it there, they put it in front of themselves and they create reasons why they can't do certain things. You know, like I have family members or I have homies that um, want to do some, let's say music, you know, and they'll say, man, I've been writing all summer. I can't wait to get in the studio. And I'm like, all right, cool. So what you waiting for? I don't know anybody with a studio. Mm, right. We have social media, bro. Like we have, you can go on, you can Google somebody that, and it, it could be a person that lives right downstairs from you. You know, they might not have the best studio, but it's better than what you're doing sitting in the house, you know, just writing, doing nothing. So um, in all, I would just say, um, just do it. You got to start. Just start. Just start. And and just because you don't know where it's going to take you, you know where laying in the bed is going to take you, you know, so get out the bed, do something, yeah. just start. Um, PJ, before we had you come on the show, we were talking about the Oscar so white controversy, the lack of diversity diversity in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and you know, so the dilemma is as a solution: should we just get up and make our own films, make our own Absolutely. products, and Absolutely. then sell it? I want to know what is what is your take on that? Will you be watching the Oscars tonight? And what do you think about that lack of diversity? I mean, you're a filmmaker yourself. Are right. you are you aiming to win an Academy Award? Um. Uh, uh, um. <laughs> Here's here's my honest opinion, right? I think um, I think minorities are the biggest consumers, right? So it's just like I think we don't need to we don't need to be we don't need to to support. I don't even want to say that we don't. We can have our own award award shows. Reason being is because I feel like the Oscars may have a different criteria. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are plenty of black movies out there that should have won Oscars, but maybe our our film don't reach their criteria, right? So why not create our own criteria? If we're the biggest consumers and we buy everything, and 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 essentially we have the we can control the dollar, right? We can control a lot of other things. Why go out and see the? You know, I love X Men, you know, but damn, I mean, Spike's got something to say too. Um, I also struggle with the fact that uh, a lot of films black producers and directors make are not really of, you know, the whole thought of what if, you know, is there, there are no black X-Men. There are no black, you know, uh, what, what's the what's the blue people that live on with, with the trees? Avatars. Avatars. You know, like there are no black avatars, things like that. So I kind of struggle with that where it's just like black filmmakers make black reality film. And that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, how many times are we going to see you know, different versions of Baby Boy. I was like, a slave. You, you know, like, we, we already know that. Like, how come how come we can't make our own Grinch, you know, stole Christmas? You know, some something like that. Why, why can't we do things like that? So we, we do need to step out of our comfort zone and make different types of film. Um, but will I be watching it? I, I just had an argument yesterday of whether or not we should watch the Oscars. Because it was like, on one hand, you got Chris Rock, who's liable to say anything, yeah. you know? But at the end of the day, people are watching it for Chris Rock, so they are watching it. Right. Maybe we shouldn't watch it. Period. Well, well, but that's a dilemma. I know that we won't be watching it. Um, so, and, you know, last but not least, we have to uh, wrap this up. Right. Um, you're doing a lot, and we. What do you dream to do? As our dreamer and doer, we always ask that's the last mm-hmm. question. If you can just, you know, wrap it up, maybe ten seconds or less. Ah! What are your more. plans, your ambitions? More, 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 more. Just more. Just more. That's it. Just more. <laughs> 
Wow. All right. And with that, guys, thank you so much, PJ, for coming on our show. And I think there's something that we can all learn from PJ and his experience. Sometimes you do just have to get up and do it. A lot of times, just starting is like the biggest obstacle we have. You know, mm-hmm. we have fear, we have doubt, we have procrastination, and we don't believe in ourselves. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you just get going, then that push, then the universe just sort of pushes you into that pathway. And then all of a sudden, you have a stage play, you have right. your own company, right. you have a media company, uh. or you may Maybe you're winning an, an, an NAACP award. There so, you go. Talk you about know? it. Talk <laughs> That's about basically it. what um, we, so we thank you for basically showing us that thank that is possible. Me. It is. And on that note, guys, we do have to say goodbye, but we'll be back here next Sunday right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Make sure you check us out on iTunes at LYVBH Radio. Subscribe to our podcast and check out our website, Yo, LYVBH.com. Yo, you just cooked that. <laughs> All right, Stanley. That's a good thing. Okay. (laughs) WHCR, 90.3 FM, New York.